Welcome to the Irreplaceable Dental Assistant Podcast brought to you by Dame. Dental assisting made easy. This is a safe space to be mentored, empowered, energized, and equipped. Welcome to another episode of the Irreplaceable Dental Assistant. And today I have a wonderful guest with me. His name is Andrew Tate, and he is a dental hygienist. I've known Andrew for a number of years. Andrew, how are you doing today? Here, Doc. I'm here. Pleasure to have been invited to this podcast, my very first podcast interview. I'm excited. <laughs> Okay, so this is a monumental step, eh? <laughs> Stepping yes, into the world of podcasting. It's all good. So, this Andrew, mm-hmm. I have known you for forever, but tell the folks a little bit about you. Who is Andrew Craig Tate? <laughs> so, Andrew Craig Tate is uh, an individual who changes as he grows, changes with the phases of life from his mindset to his presentation physically um, to how he sees the world. But in a nutshell, I'm a dental hygienist that recently migrated to the US trying to establish my footing as I make this transition in a new country, new culture, new experience, new beginning. So in other words, Andrew, you are on the grow. <laughs> Man, you can never stop growing, you know? You stop never. growing when you die. Who did you hear say that? I mean, that sounds very much like something somebody <laughs> might have heard me say. I am just <laughs> saying. <laughs> for, 50, for 15 years of my life, 15 years. <laughs> 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 I'm not trying to my age, but yes, I, I credit you, Dr. Myers. <gasps> Oh, that's okay. Um, I, I'm 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 pretty generous. I can share some of my quotes with folks, and hearing it back, it, it just says that something stuck. <laughs> that's good. So, Andrew, um, what led you into the world of dentistry, specifically um, to be trained as a dental assistant? Um, so this might come off a little bit corny, but I was introduced to the world of dentistry from my former dentist as a child, childhood dentist, I should say, um, Dr. Patrick Lewis, right? When I was younger, myself and my sister, when we were developing, when we were growing, we always tried to think about what it is that we wanted to become, you know, as a career path. Um, my parents were both into banking and we would always say, you know, we'll just follow in your footsteps. We want to we want to go into banking and they would always want us to find your own. So yeah, long story short, Dr. Patrick Lewis was somebody who I would always visit, you know, for my routine visits and I always admired how he was never the suit and tie, suit and tie type of, you know, gentleman. He would he was always, you know, eclectic in his own manner. Um, had a little tattoo that blew my mind, ears pierced, sports cars, boats, planes. I was like, this seems like a very cool 
in a career choice. So that's that's what piqued my interest initially. And then as I as I transitioned through life, I just stuck with it. I just you know directed my mindset in wherever direction I needed to go to be able to attain that what lifelong goal, lifelong desire, career choice. So that, that's where it started. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you admired Dr. Lewis and his the way he presented himself to the world and you loved that persona. Uh, so tell me about that initial impression and how you started training for dental assisting. Sure. So when so you know in, in Jamaica schooling system, when you leave in high school now, about fifth form, sixth form, when you're transitioning to tertiary level education. Uh I learned about Northern Caribbean U- University, NCU, formerly known as West Indies College. And me, like most Jamaicans at the time, thought dentistry was just one one large career, meaning it wasn't segmented like dental assisting, dental hygiene, dental lab tech. So when I was looking about schools locally, I saw I was introduced to West Indies College, NCU, and I saw that they had a dental hygiene program. I saw dental hygiene and I assumed that it fell under the same umbrella as dentistry. Oh, dental hygiene, you So I applied for, you know, West Indies College in, at the end of, I believe it was fifth form. And going into first year sixth form, I got accept, accepted. So after only one year of sixth form, I transitioned from, you know, high school to West Indies College, NCU. And it was then that when I started to get my feet wet, now I, I learned about the differences, you know, the different disciplines in the whole, under the whole um, umbrella of dentistry dental hygiene. So that's where I started, basically. Okay. So you started training as a dental hygienist, but Mm -hmm. before you completed your program, you worked in our office as a dental assistant. Mm -hmm. How was that? So I did, I completed two years of NCU and then I transitioned to, um, the dental auxiliary school, or what was formerly the dental auxiliary school, which is not, which was now taken over by UTEC, and it was when I was at the dental auxiliary school, um, and she left a she left a mark on my heart. Her name was Mary Harvey. I believe she was a dental hygienist at the office prior to me being, and she would always have her in the clinic. And for some reason, I don't know, it it might have been my accent, but she took a liking to me. <laughs> So she would always look out for me. And I remember one particular year, she said to me, um, it was approaching summer holidays. And she asked me, you know, what I would what I would normally do over the summer holidays. So I would tell her that, you know, I'd look for a, a job working in a bank or JPS or wherever, wherever it was. And she introduced the idea of me coming to your office, um, Ligany Family Dental, just to shadow her and just to watch to see how, you know, the systems and the structures that you guys have in place. Just so I could, while learning the, the the theory part, being able to connect the dots between the theory and the technical part of it. So she introduced the idea of me coming in to be her assistant. From there going forward, you know, <laughs> I was one of those fortunate ones. I just transitioned from school into a job. Yes, I think you're probably in the 1%. <laughs> And I'm, I'm people who are that privileged but 
I think it speaks to the fact that you are an excellent student because you stood out. Mary said to me, I have this student that I'd like you to meet. And I think he would do a great job working as a dental assistant in your office. And I'm like, well, you know, I have high reg- I have a high regard for Mary. And so when she spoke to me and suggested you, I said, well, this guy has got to be a winner. So <laughs> let's bring him on. And I feel like you just you were natural. You just um, fit right into whatever was being asked of you. I'm amazed now to realize that at that stage you hadn't started clinical yet because your ability to um, assist chairside and do your setups and so so efficiently and effectively was was quite impressive. I thought that it was something that you were accustomed to doing and you, you know, you transitioned what you learned to us. But what I hear you saying now is that may not have been the case. No, no, definitely. It was it was it was and and what I will say, what I will say, what made it easier for me is as you mentioned earlier, Doc, you know, learning is is like a building block. You keep on applying layers, applying layers. And what I, the point I'm making is that when I came into your office without being necessarily trained prior to, you know, operate, the the systems that you guys had in place made it easier for you to transition from point A to Z. You go from A to B to C and so on and so forth. So it made it with, I guess, with the willingness to want to learn as well as the willingness to want to impress. It made it easier for me, you know? Yeah, systems, people come and go, but solid systems keep any ship afloat. You know what I mean? So it's easier for people to come in and be integrated. It's easier for people to be consistent because there's always something in a particular order that is done, right? And I think I think what I would say about systems are they are inflexible but flexible, meaning that the, the, you shouldn't take shortcuts with systems. They need to be inflexible that way. But you should recognize that there is room for change as things change, as things evolve. So your systems of 10 years ago may not work um, for this day and age unless you've been tweaking them all along, right? So I'm happy to hear that the systems worked well for you. So um, the information that you garnered as a dental assistant, did that help you in any way um, transition to hygiene and share how that how that was? So let me talk some more on that whole discussion about system. When when I was with Mary, so when I came in the office finally and I was with Mary and I was observing Mary and how she, you know, conducted herself as a hygienist, as well as yourself, Dr. Myers, and the things that you guys put in place, it, it taught me that, okay, whether you're a dental assistant or whether you're a dental hygienist, you can't just do things haphazardly. You have to have I don't want to overuse the word systems, but you have to have systems, timelines, structures, things in place that you follow for you to operate efficiently, both as an assistant and both as a uh, as a dental hygienist. So with Mary, um, she always taught me clearly, you know, manners will take you much further than talent would ever 
So you would always greet your patients by name. Stop, me. stop, stop. Say that again. That is worth repeating. <laughs> always. I people go through years and years of education and miss this basic thing. Can you give me a replay? <laughs> sure, no problem. Always bridge or start to bridge the gap between yourself as a provider and the patient by greeting them by name. You follow me? That was something that was taught to me from early on and it stuck with me. But it is also a part of the systems that you put in place. So you greet your patient by name, introduce yourself, let them know what you're doing or what we're expecting. You carry them around the back. But even before that, in anticipation of having your patient come, you have to be familiar with whatever procedure that the patient patient is doing. So you would have already set or preset for the patient. So that greet your patient, bring the patient around the back. All the tools are set out and ready for yourself and the dentist or the dental hygienist to start operating. The point I'm, I want to drive home is just having those steps in place, knowing that you have a five step or an eight step or a 10 step block to follow allowed me as a, an assistant at the time to operate efficiently because at different blocks, I would know what to expect or what stage or where we are at and try to be proactive in anticipating whatever it was that was coming up next. And as I said, I use that same model as a dental assistant operating as a dental hygienist and just generally operating in life you know you don't you don't take on any task or any anything at all haphazardly always try to you know formulate your own system or way of operating making my life less stressful more efficient so that's what worked for me as a hygienist or as a, an assistant slash a hygienist okay so um having gone that route is that something that you would recommend for a hygienist to to start? Definitely, definitely. Plan, pre-plan, and execute. You follow me? So always know what is next. Always anticipate so you could set up your own system that works for you. Stick to that system and execute. It allows you to track your progress. It allows you to see what is working, what is not working, what needs improving. Absolutely. That is such good information. Um, and now that you are a hygienist and, or have been a hygienist for many years, excuse me, um, having worked as an assistant first and then as a hygienist, did it help you to be able to guide your assistants, as dental assistants who would assist you as, as you were seeing your hygiene patients? It did because for what it did what it did for them, not necessarily from my perspective, let me just say, what it did for them is to, let me say, learn how it, how, how it was that I did things so they could anticipate my moves, my next steps, and indirectly develop their own system. You follow me? So if they knew that Andrew is always somebody who would anticipate or expect this at this point, this at this point, they would always try to pre-plan so they had everything in place as I transition along. So I did. So know. I would take from this discussion that your, your main points are 
that it is important for every member of the team to be familiar with the patient who is to be seen. And that would be anything from personality to health history to social, you know, whether they are mom or a or mm-hmm. a granddad or, uh, you know, an uncle who is going to um, have his um, nieces and nephews spend the, the weekend or whatever. Just be familiar with the patients. I hear you saying that we should recognize that their systems and we should be able to do what we have to do within the boundaries of those systems very well. What I hear you saying is that it allows for provider and assistant to work in sync because everybody knows the order in which things are to happen. And we all know that if you have a team that's working in sync, it's a far better experience for any uh, patient, right? And and less stress for the team members. (laughs) So Andrew, I have taken up quite a bit of your time. I'm so grateful for you and your willingness to share with us. There's a there's a quote that I wanted to share with our listeners today, and it is by Robert T.E.W. Two. It says, be patient with yourself. You're growing stronger every day. The weight of the world will become lighter and you will begin to shine brighter. Don't give up. I think that when I think of that quote, I think of you, Andrew, because you are on a forever journey. You are like me, you're a lifelong learner and um, you see things and you go for it. And I just want to encourage you to stay on the grow. We miss you in Jamaica. (laughs) But we know that they're loving you in Atlanta. (laughs) And I had the um, experience of speaking with your your new doctor and he's so Mm -hmm. pleased with you as well. So you made me proud, dude. Good to know that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Okay, Andrew, thanks a lot. God bless you. Take care. Continue to stay on the grow. Thank you very much, Doc. Blessings to you as well. Yes, it was lovely chatting with Andrew Tate. I am just so proud of that young man. As I said before, he is on the grow. But he he reminded us of a few salient points. We need to be as familiar with our patients as we possibly can. Not just the basic medical history, but understanding who this person is. It's a mom, it's a grandfather, somebody who is all wrapped up in their grandchildren. It makes for pleasant conversation that creates a bond and relationship that lessens stress and fear and heightens the um, experience in the dental office. Listen, did you hear what he said? Manners take you much further than talent. Yeah, you have to know what you're doing, but oh my goodness, when you can do it with manners, oh my word, it Anybody who has good manners can wrap me around their little finger. And I'm sure that I am not alone. 
and let's bridge the gap between ourselves and our patients. Make a point of introducing yourself to each patient before you seat them and, and just greet them warmly. And Andrew reminded us to really be organized. The key is having systems in place. You can pre-plan, you evaluate, and you execute. And if you need to go back and tweak, that is fine. Do what you need to do. Listen, again, this information is too good to keep to yourself. So share and share and share and like and subscribe. And we just love you being a part of our tribe. Because as I always say, life is better when we live, learn, and grow together. Blessings.